My name is Jamon McKinney, or you can just call me Juice, because that is my nickname. Welcome, everyone, to the Juice Alert, episode number 53, ladies and gentlemen, today. If you have not subscribed to the Juice Alert already, be sure to do that right about now. You will not regret it. You can, of course, find me on YouTube, as well as podcasting platforms. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that great stuff. If you're feeling kind and you listen on podcasting platforms, be sure to leave, leave me a good rating and review. It definitely helps me out. And also, if you're watching here on YouTube, be sure to smash that like button right about now. Like I said, those things definitely help me out right here on the show. Today, I am covering just a few NBA topics. Last week, I put out a massive NBA show, you know, talking about the biggest storylines, kind of heading into the 2021 NBA playoffs. You know, I talked about a bunch of stuff. You guys can check that episode out. It's already out on YouTube and podcasting platforms and things like that, episode number 49. But in episode 50, I'm pretty much just going to cover a couple of, you know, topics I didn't get a chance to cover in episode 49. So in today's show, we're covering all NBA topics. We'll talk about Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Donovan Mitchell, Russell Westbrook, and the Washington Wizards, as well as Albert Pujols and the Los Angeles Dodgers. I've mixed in a baseball topic for you guys this week, okay? But before I do get started, I just wanted to say you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter if you want to connect with me on a personal note. My Instagram is G-H-I-M-A-N underscore M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y, and my Twitter account is at G-H-I-M-A-N, M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y, and if you want to get specific updates in regards to the show, that show being, of course, the Juice Alert Weather Show, what I'd be talking about, um, you can follow the Instagram and Twitter account for the Juice Alert, where you get specific updates regarding the show. The Twitter account for the Juice Alert is at the Juice Alert, and the Instagram account is the juice alert underscore. So I want to talk about Chris Paul once again, because I think that we need to really evaluate just how valuable of a player he is, because while you do have players like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, you know, Monty Williams being the coach of the Phoenix Suns, that's all cool and dandy, but Chris Paul, was the biggest reason why the Phoenix Suns returned to the playoffs this year. Last year, the Phoenix Suns were 34-39, and 39, the 10th seed in the Western Conference in 2020. This year, after adding Chris Paul, they took a huge leap, a 17-game improvement. And this year, Chris Paul, he deserves to be in the MVP conversation, no doubt about it. I don't think he should win the MVP, but he should be up there with Nikola Jokic, you know, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Giannis, you know. He should at least be in the discussion, okay? Because Chris Paul is one of the most valuable players in all basketball. And Chris Paul, he's the true definition of what a point guard is. Chris Paul is the definition of what truly a true point guard is, like I said. When you talk about things that you look for in a great point guard, what do you look for? Can you pass the basketball? Can you distribute? Can you make plays for your teammates? Everyone talks about LeBron James and his passing ability. I think Chris Paul, you can make the argument, he he might be the best passer 
in basketball today. And he probably has owned that title over the past five to seven years because he's been a tremendous passer throughout his career, okay? Also, if you're a point guard, you have to have a high basketball IQ. Chris Paul's basketball IQ and his court vision is off the charts. Not to mention, can you occasionally hit a jump shot, you know? There's a Russell Westbrook quality to some point guards out there where they're limited late in games because they're not the greatest shooters. Chris Paul, he can knock down a jump shot. He has a good mid-range game. He can knock down a three. But last but not least, are you a great leader? Do you have great leadership intangibles? And Chris Paul, no doubt about it, has great leadership intangibles 100%. I will admit there have been some reports out there that Chris Paul is maybe not the easiest guy to play with. But like I said, we, we've heard the same thing about Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, even Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. Sometimes all-time great players, and I don't think Chris Paul is quite an all, all-time all great player. I think that he's definitely a Hall of Fame level player. But regardless, great players, sometimes they can be a pain in the butt. But it's for a good reason. Because Chris Paul wants to push his teammates to the levels that he knows that they can reach, okay? So even though Chris Paul can be a pain in the butt, it's for a good reason, like I said. And I believe you can, you can, you can drop Chris Paul into any era, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, even today's NBA. He's a Hall of Fame level player, no doubt about it. And wherever Chris Paul goes, that team wins. New Orleans, the Clippers, Houston, Oklahoma City, and now Phoenix. He's made all of those teams relevant at some point. Those teams have all won at a high level with Chris Paul being their point guard. And when it's all said and done, if we're just talking about pure point guards, you know, not including LeBron James, not including, you know, combo guards like maybe a Luka Doncic, you know, things like that. If we're just talking strictly pure point guards, Chris Paul, when it's all said and done, he could very well go down as a top five point guard of all time. Some people some people already think he's a top five point guard of all time. But regardless, I think Chris Paul is one of the most valuable players in all of basketball. And he is truly the true definition of what a point guard is. No doubt about it. Okay, so I want to talk about Chris Paul for one final time right here in this episode. I want to discuss Chris Paul and the 2021 MVP race. Look, this year, there's not a clear candidate in 2021 for the NBA MVP. You know, in, in previous years, in 2014, it, you know, it was obvious that Kevin Durant was the NBA MVP, okay? In 2013, you know, in past years, LeBron James... It was pretty obvious he was the the MVP of the league. Steph Curry, you know, when he was, you know, winning 73 games with the Golden State Warriors, it was pretty obvious he was the MVP. You know, Michael Jordan, you know, most years it was obvious he was the MVP. But this year, LeBron James got hurt. Kevin Durant got hurt for a good amount of time. James Harden missed a significant amount of time. Joel Embiid missed a significant amount of time. And while Steph Curry is putting up all-time great numbers this year, he didn't make the playoffs this year. His team was the eighth seed heading into the play-in tournament. He didn't make the playoffs, like I said. And while Nikola Jokic is having a great season, and while he probably will get my vote, he's not having a, a an historically great season. 
And let me just say this. Chris Paul at least should be in the MVP race. He's not going to win it, obviously. But he should at least be in the race, okay? And he's had a very solid year. And the Suns went from 34 and 39 last year to 51 and 21 this year. So they went from being a non-playoff team to having the second-best record in all basketball, and a large part is because of Chris Paul's value. Now, Chris Paul is definitely not going to get my vote if I were voting for this award just because, you know, he's averaging 16.4 points per game, 9 assists, 4.5 rebounds. At some point, the statistics do matter, and he's not, he's not you know, piling up the stat sheet and things like that. There are there are a significant amount of games where Chris Paul scored single digits and points. So look, he's not the MVP to me, but it's weird because once a long time ago, Steve Nash won two NBA MVPs. And let me just say this. If Steve Nash can win an NBA MVP award based on the seasons that he had, then why can't Chris Paul? Okay, because everyone talked about, oh, even though Steve Nash doesn't have the counting stats of a Kobe Bryant or a Shaquille O'Neal, he should win the award because he impacts his team and he wins games. But it's funny how when we present that argument regarding Chris Paul, some people say, he shouldn't even be in the conversation. You know, let's be real. The biggest argument for, for Chris Paul is the fact that his team is winning a lot of games and we feel he is super-duper valuable, okay? It's not the statistics. It's not the points. It's not the rebounds, you know. The assists do help him a little bit, but he's not going to win the statistical argument. The argument for Chris Paul is that He's the biggest reason why the Phoenix Suns made such a huge leap this year. If you take Chris Paul away from the Suns, maybe they're not a playoff team. That was the same argument years ago for Steve Nash. Oh, if you take Steve Nash away from his respective team, the team at the time, ironically, being the Phoenix Suns, just like Chris Paul right now being on the Phoenix Suns, but that's not the point. You know, if you take Steve Nash away from the Suns, everyone said, oh, they're a non-playoff team. But yet when you make that argument for Chris Paul, Oh, he's not quite in the conversation. In fact, Chris Paul isn't even one of the top three finalists for NBA MVP this year. And it's just, it's very weird to me how the media pushed the narrative for Steve Nash, but they're not pushing the narrative for Chris Paul. And in this weird year where Kevin Durant, LeBron, James Harden, Joel Embiid, have missed a ton of games, and there's no clear-cut, you know, MVP winner. Like, it's not obvious who the M the MVP is this year. This would be the year where you would think maybe the media is going to push for Chris Paul to win the, the award. But for some reason, they felt the need to push the narrative for Steve Nash, but not Chris Paul. It's, it's very weird to me how the media pushes the narrative for one player but not the other. But bottom line... I just want the M the MVP award to go to the guy who's having the best season. And, ma and maybe that's not Chris Paul, but if Steve Nash can win multiple MVPs, then Chris Paul is definitely 
a deserving candidate of at least being in the MVP conversation. I now want to shift to Russell Westbrook and the Washington Wizards. To me, in 2021, the Washington Wizards have been a disappointment. So far, uh, let me just say this. I'm disappointed in the way Russell Westbrook's first year with the Washington Wizards has gone. And I will admit the Washington Wizards have dealt with some injuries. I think a lot of people, including myself, overrated their roster to begin with overall. You know, I think that a lot of people expected the Wizards to just be this really good team because Russell Westbrook's on the team. But I think that a lot of people failed to realize, you know, that this roster is has some talent, but isn't quite all the way there as being, you know, a team that can that can compete with the Brooklyn's of the world, the Milwaukee's of the world, the Philadelphia's of the world, you know. And I will say, Scott Brooks continues to prove, prove to me at least, that he's just flat out not a very good NBA coach, not a very good NBA head coach. I think that he's at, I think that he's at best an average coach at this point. Well, maybe not at best, but to me, I think he's peaked. He's an average coach to me. I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of a Mike McCarthy vibe right here. I think that Scott Brooks, you can make the argument he's the Mike McCarthy of the NBA. When evaluating head coaches, you know, Mike McCarthy once a long time ago in the NFL was able to take the Packers to the Super Bowl. He had a wing of Super Bowl with the Packers ever since then. Has gotten worse and worse as a coach every year. Scott Brooks a long time ago did take Oklahoma City to the NBA Finals. But ever since then, he hasn't adapted as a head coach. And I think that, you know, adapting every year is something you need to be able to do. And he has not shown that he can do that. And heading into this year, a lot of people thought that the Wizards maybe weren't going to be as good as Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Miami, or Milwaukee, but a lot of people put the Wizards in that next tier of really good teams that could make some noise in the playoffs. But this year, the Wizards finished the year with a 34-38 and record. 34 wins, 38 losses. Below 500. they they're nowhere close to as good as we thought they were going to be. Now, I will say I'm going to give Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal a lot of credit for keeping this team together and fighting till the end of the season because the Wizards very well could have just mailed in the season and said, yep, we're done. We're not very good, but they continue to fight uh, throughout the season. And I do think that the Wizards will be a much improved team next year, even though they are a playoff team this year. I do think they have a chance to compete with Philadelphia, but I mean, I, I expected the Wizards to potentially win a playoff series at least this year, and it's a long shot for that to happen. And I just think that so far, Russell Westbrook and the Washington Wizards have been a disappointment. You know, I thought that Westbrook, Bradley Beal is going to work, and eh, it hasn't really quite worked. But ultimately, we'll see what happens. But so far, Russell Westbrook and the Washington Wizards, to me at least, have been a disappointment, and their roster has holes, and they need to work on those things in the offseason. So we all know that Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat made the NBA Finals back in 2020, which was last year. And this year, they made it back into the playoffs as the number six seed. Now, obviously, this year, the Miami Heat got swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. And by the way, I was shocked, okay? I did not expect 
the Miami Heat to get swept by Milwaukee. I had Milwaukee winning the series in seven games. I felt the I felt Milwaukee this year was the better team. I felt they were improved this year, but I just did not see the Miami Heat getting swept by this team, especially due to the fact that they beat the Milwaukee Bucks last year. Now, to me, the biggest downfall for the Miami Heat this year was they just did not handle championship expectations very well. I think last year they flew under the radar and surprised a lot of people, but this year when all the eyes were on the Miami Heat, they failed to respond. That includes the coaching staff and the players, you know. But I want to focus in on Jimmy Butler, who did not particularly have a great series versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, am I lower on Jimmy Butler today than I was a year ago? Yes, I am. I felt that Jimmy Butler might have been starting to creep into that, you know, top 10 players in the NBA list, you know. I felt that he was at least, you know, on the cusp of being a top 10 player. He's not a top 10 player. Not quite that. But I will say, Jimmy Butler is still a pretty darn good basketball player. I think a lot of people are crushing him, which for good reason, you know, because he didn't play particularly well. But today, I'm going to defend Jimmy Butler. And today, I'm going to tell you why you still should consider Jimmy Butler an NBA superstar. The reason why the Miami Heat are in the playoffs, a big reason why, is because Jimmy Butler is that dude, okay? Jimmy Butler is the heart and soul of the Miami Heat. That team does not make the finals last year without Jimmy Butler. Okay? They're in the playoffs right now because of him. I understand you have Bam out of Bayou. You have, you know, Tyler Harrell, Duncan Robinson, a really good head coach and Eric Spolster that's in the conversation for being the best coach in all basketball. I get it. But Jimmy Butler is the heart and soul of that franchise right now. Okay? Jimmy Butler is one of the most valuable players in all of basketball. Jimmy Butler brings a superstar level value to your team. He, he may not be a superstar level talent, but he brings superstar level value to your basketball team. Okay? And I'm going to kind of make the case for why Jimmy Butler deserves to be labeled an NBA superstar. You know, what makes Jimmy Butler so great? You know, there's kind of a CP3, a Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James factor with Jimmy Butler where wherever he goes, that team wins at a high level. You know, in Chicago, the last time Chicago was in the playoffs, the Bulls, was when Jimmy Butler was on the roster. Ever since Jimmy Butler left the Bulls, they've been irrelevant, okay? Minnesota, you know, the last time they were in the playoffs, oh, ironically, when Jimmy Butler was on the team. The Philadelphia 76ers, they've missed Jimmy Butler. Whether they want to admit it or not, they miss his defense. They miss his ability to close out games. And like I said, Jimmy Butler is the heart and soul of the Miami Heat. The things that I like the most about Jimmy Butler is this. He brings it every night. Unlike Kawhi Leonard, if Jimmy Butler's healthy, he's going to find a way to play. There will be no low managing with Jimmy Butler, okay? I like that, okay? Now, obviously, he's had some injuries over the past couple of years that has limited him to the amount of games that he's played, but for the most part, when he's healthy, he's going to bring it each night, okay? And anytime your best player brings it every single night when he's healthy, that reflects on your team in a very positive way because if our best player is going hard, then we're going to go hard, you know what I'm saying? And... 
Jimmy Butler is always going to be willing to guard the best player on the opposing team. He'll guard Kevin Durant. He'll guard LeBron James. Sometimes he's, he is successful. Sometimes he's not successful. But he's a guy that's going to take on that challenge. He's not going to run from it. I'm sorry, but Kawhi Leonard, you disappointed me. You have decided to not guard Luka Doncic in the playoffs. And it bothers me because Kawhi Leonard is talented enough to guard Luka Doncic. I know for a fact Jimmy Butler would welcome that challenge. Okay? And we're talking about a guy in Jimmy Butler that went toe-to-toe with LeBron James in the NBA Finals and had a 35-point triple-double in a Game 5 where the Miami Heat could have easily, you know, went home via gentleman's sweep. You know, obviously Miami couldn't quite overcome the star power of LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, but they were able to get to the finals and compete and win two games versus the Los Angeles Lakers because Jimmy Butler's so good, okay? I understand, like I said, Miami is a good roster, but he's the best player. He deserves a lot of credit, okay? And another thing you need to know about Jimmy Butler is this guy averaged 2.6 points per game as a rookie. His work ethic is unbelievable. He's turned himself into an effective 20-point-per-game scorer that's efficient, that plays good defense. He's an underrated passer. He's a great guy for your culture in your locker room. And wherever Jimmy Butler goes, he will win at a high level. At least his team will win at a high level. That is the value that Jimmy Butler brings to your team, and that's the case for Jimmy Butler being a superstar in the NBA. Okay, I have two more final topics to talk about, then I'm going to end the show. You know, when it comes to NBA superstars like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, I mean, those are the obvious guys, you know, right? Then you talk about guys like maybe Jason Tatum, maybe Devin Booker, you know, is in the conversation. But I got to ask the question, people. Why on earth do we keep excluding Donovan Mitchell from the conversation of who's who's an NBA superstar in today's league. Why is Donovan Mitchell not in the conversation more? Donovan Mitchell is developing into a legitimate NBA superstar. Many people wrote off the Utah Jazz last year after losing to the Denver Nuggets in a very tough seven-game series. But this year, Utah has responded, okay? And they have the best record in all of basketball. And a big reason why is because of Donovan Mitchell and how much he's grown as a player. I know he's had some injuries this year. He's missed some games. But we just saw the Utah Jazz in game number one of the playoffs versus the eighth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies lose at home without Donovan Mitchell. They, If you watch that game, there's no way you can tell me that, that, the, that the Memphis Grizzlies come out on top if Donovan Mitchell is playing in that game, there's no way the Grizzlies win that game if Donovan Mitchell is playing. Donovan Mitchell is very valuable to the Utah Jazz because he's their best player. He's their best and most dynamic offensive player. He's their shot creator. He's one of their best playmakers. Donovan Mitchell is really underrated as a scorer. He had a career-high 26 points per game this year. He's also a very solid shooter. For his career, he's shooting 36% from three. And he's also really taken a big step as a playmaker. It one when Donovan Mitchell got to the NBA, 
He was more of a he was more of a guy that just could score the basketball, but now he's really putting the ball on the deck and making plays for his teammates. He plays solid defense. He's already a two-time All-Star, and I believe Donovan Mitchell should have won Rookie of the Year. Okay, I think that he I felt that he was robbed of that award. And you know, it's very funny. We praise guys like Bradley Beal and Devin Booker for putting up points but losing consistently. Okay? And we praise Ben Simmons for all the things that he can do, but we don't acknowledge what the guy can do. He's a lousy shooter. Not a good free throw shooter either. Okay? Not a closer. Doesn't have the alpha mentality. We need to give Donovan Mitchell his his flowers because he's one of the more complete players in the game of basketball. And in the playoffs where the money is, is made and where things count, as a rookie, Donovan Mitchell beat Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously, it's a team game, and Utah had good players on the, on the court besides Donovan Mitchell, but he was the best player in that series, in a series where Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony were sharing the same basketball court as him, people. Okay? As a rookie, he was the best player. Unbelievable. He won that series. At least he was a big contributing factor to why Utah won that series. And last year, versus the Denver Nuggets in a seven-game series, a series where someone unfortunately had to lose, it's just one of those tough breaks where the series was so competitive and so, you know, intense that you just hated to see the team that had to lose, lose, okay? And unfortunately, Utah Jazz, they came out on the short end but Donovan Mitchell averaged 36 points per game, five rebounds, five assists on better than 50% shooting in that series. Unfortunately, someone just had to lose the series, and it was Utah. But I'm sorry, people. I think Utah is a team that is really, really good, and they're going to be a really solid team for a long time as long as Donovan Mitchell continues to improve upon his game. And I think Donovan Mitchell is a, a really bright young player that has a lot of potential. He's definitely very, very underrated to me. And he's developed himself into potentially being an NBA superstar already up to this point. If he's not an NBA superstar already, he will be very, very soon. So the last and final topic of the show I want to talk about is related to the Los Angeles Dodgers and Albert Pujols. So if you don't know already, the Dodgers, you know, recently signed Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols was released by the Los Angeles Angels. He's the former uh, first baseman for the for the St. Louis Cardinals. Obviously won a, won a lot of games and won multiple MVPs with the Cardinals. He was the best player in all baseball for a good stretch with the Cardinals. Then he goes to L.A. with the Angels, gets a big-time contract. He hasn't aged as gracefully as some people would have thought, but he's he's done okay in L.A., but... You know, the thing is, the, the Angels released Albert Pujols because apparently he did not want to embrace a backup role, and that's what the Angels evaluated him as, you know, as a backup player, you know. And I understand it because at this point in, at this point in Albert Pujols' career, he's 41 years old, he has his limitations, and he's not the same player that he once was, okay? He's a liability out there on the field at times, okay, especially defensively now. But see... Albert Pujols recently signed with the L.A. Dodgers. And if you don't know, the L.A. Dodgers, they are a really stacked roster, okay? And Albert Pujols is going to be taking on a backup role with the L.A. Dodgers. And you might think to yourself, well, 
if Albert Pujols didn't want to take on the backup role with the Angels, why does he want to take on a backup role with the Dodgers? Um, It's pretty simple. Albert Pujols knows he can win games with the Los Angeles Dodgers. See, it's one thing to be a backup with the Angels, but it's also another thing to be losing while in the process. Albert Pujols is saying to himself, if I'm going to be a backup, I might as well be competing for a World Series championship. And Albert Pujols has said multiple times, he still wants to win at a high level. So what are the Dodgers getting with Albert Pujols, okay? To me, what they're getting is a veteran presence in the locker room, a guy that has won a World Series in the past, and he's a guy that a lot of the young players on the roster can go to for advice. And if I'm a young player on that roster, I'm picking Albert Pujols' brain every chance I get because he's this legendary hitter. I believe he's a top 10 hitter of all time. He has the numbers. You know, he has somewhat of the longevity to prove that. You know, he's at his best. He was the best in all baseball for about a five-year stretch, okay? And I think that a lot of young players on that Dodgers roster can really benefit from Albert Pujols' insight, okay? And he's going to be an extra bat in that lineup that in high leverage moments, he can drive in runs. And I believe Albert Pujols will be effective for the Los Angeles Dodgers come postseason time, assuming they make it there. I believe they will. And I know Albert Pujols isn't quite what he once used to be. He is he is up there in age. But Albert Pujols is a threat to do damage at the plate no matter what situation it is, okay? Because he just has so much experience. He's seen so many, you know, pitches throughout his career. Like I said, he has that experience, and he's still a very, very smart, savvy hitter at this point in his career. So I think Albert Pujols signing with the Dodgers is good for baseball. It's good for Albert Pujols, and I think it's going to be a good signing for the Dodgers going forward. Um, this might be Albert Pujols last year in Major League Baseball. He could retire very, very, very soon, especially if the Dodgers win a World Series. I don't see any reason why Albert Pujols would return the next year. Um, but, hey, I could be wrong, but that's how I feel about Albert Pujols signing with the Dodgers. It's a great uh, signing for the Dodgers. Not the most flashy signing, but it could be an effective one down the road. Albert Pujols to the Dodgers was a very solid move, um, and I like the move for the Dodgers. Well, everyone, that's pretty much all I have today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode today. Have a God-blessed day. Stay safe, and I'm Ghost. Thank you so much for watching this video today. Please also note that the Juice Alert Sports Podcast is not just a YouTube channel. It is available on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content with all your friends. This podcast is my favorite thing in the entire world right now. It is my passion. I want more people to listen to this podcast. I really want this podcast to grow. Also, a fun fact about me is that I want to go into the sports broadcasting and media world once I graduate from the University of Toledo, a college in Northern Ohio. I am looking to become one of the next great sports broadcasters and analysts out in the world. And I potentially would like to start my own network if this podcast really truly grows. Or if I fall short of that goal, I would love to work for a big time network like ESPN or Fox Sports 1. I am open to all networks. So if you believe in my dreams and you see 
or hear my passion through the screen, be sure to tell all your friends about the Juice Alert Sports Podcast. Stay motivated, you guys. Have a God-blessed day, and I'm out. Thank <laughs> you.